0: Uh, Nick, our listeners probably are not surprised that Pierre Polyev is the new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. But uh, have they actually seen a uh, bump in support?
1: Latest Now is tracking. Very interesting. Conservatives, 31%. Liberals, 28 So the Conservatives are three points up. NDP, 26 But here's the kicker. You know when you look at that trend at least over the last four weeks the liberals are down a full five percentage points the new democrats are up six percentage points wow. so right now the red team is getting squeezed with it looks like some disaffected disappointed disgruntled i don't know whatever you want to call it dis something mm. uh, liberals parking with the new democrats and that's very bad news for the for the liberals right now because those vote splits Well, if if this holds up, those vote splits kind of like, remember Stephen Harper, he kind of won on liberal NDP vote splits. Mm -hmm. It's like back to the future, Michael. If this holds up, (laughs) it's going to be very good news for Pierre Polyev and the conservatives if the NDP do this well.
0: Uh, I I hope we don't disappear nick if it is like back to the future uh well to our listeners we are back yes you're listening to ctb news uh trendline podcast uh nick and i are back from our summer break nick you're looking good you're looking relaxed well thank you (laughs) (laughs) And, (laughs) and today uh we'll be talking about uh polyev uh we'll be talking about the fight over inflation and also canada's i guess i can say complicated relationship uh with our monarchy uh, so Nick, let's get into it. Polyev, uh he had his debut as Conservative Party leader uh, this week in the House of Commons during question period. And he had some uh, choice words for the party in power.
1: Can't even afford to have a family in the first place because they can't get out of their parents' basements or out of 400 square foot apartments after housing prices have literally doubled in this country under this prime minister. And now, with rising interest rates, which this government promised would not happen anytime soon, families have to spend 50% of their income just to keep a roof over their head the highest in over three decades. And the solution from the Liberals? Higher taxes on gas, groceries, and paychecks. Will they follow the conservative demand and cancel all of these tax hikes on workers and seniors?
0: So Nick, uh, Polyev is really, you know, hitting his core message that I guess the the cost of living is extremely high for for working Canadians and the quality of life is going down under this government.
1: Absolutely. It looks like, at least in uh first, why don't we call this salvo number one right Mm. from uh from the conservative bench over to the liberals it's going to be a meat and potatoes agenda and you know what that's really the uh that's really what canadians are worried about right now you know like even in in the unprompted issue of concern every week cost of goods economy and jobs are our top issues it's like a they're like tied for the top so not a big surprise but how about this what didn't we hear we didn't hear the b-word bitcoin Mm -hmm. We didn't hear the other BOC word, Bank of Canada, and the Governor of Bank of Canada, neither did, I don't think we got very much of the F word either. And mm-hmm. I mean freedom. Pierre Poiliev talking about freedom. So what does this look like? You know, it looks like a, a focus on what I'll say, the mainstream, pragmatic Canadians who are worried about just paying the bills. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's really, that's really, I'm not even going to call it a sweet spot because that implies that it's small. That's really the prime prime target, and that's really what Canadians want to hear about from all of the federal parties. So I think we have to say on on day one, at least for Pierre Poiliev, his appearance in the House of Commons, uh, he was definitely on point.
0: So uh, maybe it's fair to say a more, a more polished message than what we saw during the conservative leadership campaign. You know, we need to talk about uh, uh, cryptocurrency, etc. Uh, it's interesting to me to see sort of the evolution of Pierre Poiliev, but he's, he's always been an, a very intense guy i think it's fair to say so in 2014 ctv ottawa actually did a report on his on his fitness routine and it was it was uh well pretty intense listen to this that's <laughs> it good good for those watching us on youtube you can you that's can it. see that's it good. but uh, for our listeners uh essentially uh Polyev is flipping Three. a truck tire he's uh, running Two. up a muddy draw, hill draw, with his go, coach go. Spin, 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 spin. that's it that's it when well, you don't have a lot of time in the gym you got to get in and get her done. That means you have to hit it hard. Come on, one more, one more. Okay, good. I don't know how how you would describe this, uh, the yes. sort of fitness routine, but, I mean, what's what, what's your take Stop on that, Nick? I,
1: I I think, were they supposed to play, like, either Eye of the Tiger or the Rocky theme for this? Because I felt like he was uh, some heavy-duty training. You know, what this puts into clarity is part of the, I'll call it the Poilier franchise, his communications franchise and how effective he is. You know him flipping over those large truck tires, and uh, maybe he started getting into trucks and the trucking. <laughs> of everyone else he was so close to those tires, but anyways, that's that's a different story. But you know his ability to use these symbols to convey messages, and you know he did this in the workout. You know throughout the campaign. You know he had he had the one video. If I could paraphrase. Ode to Canadian Wood, where he talked about Canadian Mm -hmm. Wood, or uh, the other one with the slice of bread. Why don't we call that in praise of affordable bread, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, he has, you know, he's able and very effective at using these symbols to cut through all the clutter, to give a very direct message that people can understand, you know, and he has been honing this talent over a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you know, his. I think the fact of the matter is, is that whether you agree or disagree with his politics, um, it's it's very powerful messaging that people can understand. And uh, and you know, the other thing is, is it shows how intense. You know, the uh, the clip of him uh, working out with the uh, with with the big uh, truck tires and stuff like that just shows how intense he is uh, mm-hmm. and person and effective as a as a political communicator.
0: It's it's really interesting in, in contrast with his with uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, uh, who 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 had a moment uh, on social media uh, a couple of days ahead of the, the Queen's funeral uh, when he was uh, singing along to uh, to Bohemian Rhapsody on on, on piano. Um, uh, like what what do you think uh, Trudeau has in store? I mean, how how are voters sort of responding to each message?
1: Well. You know, I think both of these party leaders are actually very polarizing figures in our, uh, in our politics right now. And, uh, and Canadians have very firm opinions, whether they like or dislike both Trudeau and, and Poiliev. And, you know, in terms of what happened uh, before and the, the singing of the song, the reality is, is when you're the prime minister of Canada, um, whenever you're in any public space, you know that you're being observed. So this is not a mistake um justin trudeau knew what he was doing and obviously was very comfortable in uh in what i'll say the risk or the possibility of him being recorded mm-hmm. and that's what uh that's what, what canadians have seen
0: mm. uh nick i want to move on to one of the top uh, uh issues facing canadians so you you do your own issue tracking and and uh and i and i think the the political fight over cost of living uh, is really you know one that strikes a chord in a lot of Canadians, and and where is that in your issue tracking currently?
1: Well, cost of living is uh, is is tied uh, in the number one position, along with uh, jobs in the economy, healthcare, and the environment. So I want to Michael, why don't we just call this? There's a cocktail of worries and concerns <laughs> that Canadians have right now. It's like they mm. can't. It's like everything's going wrong at the same time. Mm. You know, the rent is going up. You can't get into an emergency. Emergency ward. People are worried about uh, climate change and the environment, and the economy is going in a recession. Like, I don't know what else could happen. And I don't even want to say that uh, there isn't anything else bad that could happen. And why don't we throw in Ukraine uh, and uh, threat of uh, escalation of tensions there? So mm-hmm. everything's going wrong. But, you know, the, in the tracking, you know, when we ask Canadians about the standard of living, and this is one of the key things that I look at and monitor on a regular basis, when we ask them whether they think that the next generation will have a better standard of living, the same standard of living or a worse standard of living. About 62% or more than 6 out of every 10 think that the next generation will have a worse standard of living, while only 11% think that it will be better. Hmm. So there's not a lot of optimism right now about the future. And it speaks to the importance of all the parties to focus on this. Obviously, Pierre Poiliev wants to focus on that. And uh, for the Liberals, they're trying to figure out how people can manage through this process. And for the New Democrats, what they're trying to do is to figure out, you know, bespoke policies that can help the day-to-day lives of Canadians. So I think everyone's going to be crowding in on, on this space just because it's such a dark cloud hanging over mm. so many Canadians.
0: Uh, There does seem to be a a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, The the latest uh, consumer price index shows inflation slowing a little bit. The rise of inflation over the past couple of months, you know, the price of gas has gone down. Uh, Food continues to go up, however. So, I mean, do you think that that in the long run, uh, uh, this might actually uh, dampen? the messaging from Polyev and, and, and the NDP over cost of living.
1: Hey, listen at 7%, if 7% going, even going down to 7%, the light at the end of the tunnel, Michael is a freight train, but <laughs> it's not, it's not hope not good. Like 7% <laughs> is, uh, is high compared to where interest rates are, where inflation has been at least over mm-hmm. the last number of years and interest rates, interest rates are, are going up. You know, mm-hmm. that's why, you know, the people, you know, we talked about people just paying the rent and paying the mortgage. You know, I think about uh, 28% of Canadians are worried or somewhat worried about paying the rent or the mortgage. And that might not seem like a lot, but, mm-hmm. you know, even during the pandemic, as opposed to 28%, it was 16%, 15%, you know, back in uh,
0: 2021,
1: mm-hmm. you know, 28% is 8.7 million Canadians. So there are a lot of people right now that are just worried about, do I have enough money to pay the rent or the, uh, or the mortgage? in the next uh, in the next while.
0: Uh, Nick, you've also been tracking uh, how Canadians feel about housing costs as well. Yeah. And, you know, the
1: thing is, is so think of it this way. The cost of housing is going up because of interest rates. But our our weekly tracking when we ask about the value of real estate is now in is now underwater. And when I say underwater, it means that Canadians are more likely to think that the value of real estate is going to go down. Uh, then go up in the next six months, and to put this into context, in the last 16 years that we've been tracking this all the time, uh, Canadians have always consistently thought that real estate prices and values would continue to rise. Mm-hmm. So you've got like a double whammy right now, Michael, where you know if you're in if you're in the market, you think you're you think the value of a home is going to go down, and you're feeling worried about that. If you're not in the market, it's still unaffordable. And uh, and completely out of reach, and you're worried about just being able to pay the rent or being able to cover off mortgage rates and interest rates that are uh, that have that that are been highs that we haven't seen, you know, at least for a decade.
0: So I just going back to the ballot tracking uh, that that we mentioned at the top of the show, Nick. Um, this seems to uh, sort of. Uh, increased support for the NDP and uh, for the Conservatives. So, I mean, I mean, I think people are blaming the party in power. I think that's that's fair to say. So so how do the Liberals uh, tackle this?
1: Oh, man, they've just got to ride it out. And, you know, the reality is this is a perfect storm for both the Conservatives and the New Democrats. Hmm. This is kind of like it's, why don't we call this it's kind of like those a political piranha tank. You know what I mean? Like Justin Trudeau is being lured into a piranha tank and He's got both the Conservatives and the NDP kind Mm. of uh, trying to eat into Liberal support, and that's what we're seeing right now. And, you know, we have to remember that, you know, even though all the parties are low on their level of support, right? The Conservatives are first, still at 31%. What really counts are seats in the House of Commons, and this is where the vote splits Are actually absolutely critical and you know with the new democrats if they're in the mid-20s they're basically spoiling the election for Mm. the uh for the liberals and what the liberals have to worry about what they have to hope for at least is that people are just temporarily parking with the new democrats because the longer people park in the new democrat space the more likely they are to stay there so actually the liberals have to do something to shake some of those those progressive voters that are drifting to the new Democrats to come back to the liberals. So they don't get too comfy with Mm. team orange and they potentially come back to the, uh, to the red team. But you know what, right now, Jugmeet Singh should be Pierre Poiliev's best friend. You're never going to see Pierre Poiliev attack Jugmeet Singh. He's going to want him to perform well in order to have those vote splits for the conservatives to pop up the middle and capture more seats in the house of commons.
0: Uh, Nick, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, uh, we'll take a look at how Canadians feel about our monarchy. Uh, Nick, we saw a, an outpouring of grief over the death of Queen Elizabeth II in, in Britain and around the, the Commonwealth. But in, in Canada, we've always had sort of a complicated relationship with, with the monarchy. Uh, and you've been tracking this uh, for a while. I, I think you had the latest numbers uh, a few months ago. What, what does that tell us?
1: Well, just back in May, uh, before the passing away of uh, Queen Elizabeth II, you know, we did a survey and asked how Canadians felt about cutting ties with the British monarchy. Um, and uh, actually, Canadians are, di- are divided mm. uh, on it. Um, about just as many people think that it's a very good or good time as think that it's a poor or very poor time. To uh, cut ties with the British monarchy. It's going to be interesting to see what happens now that Queen Elizabeth II has passed away. But, you know, basically division. So not a big, uh, not big in favor or opposed. It's kind mm. of like almost, it's it's like we're completely, uh, completely divided mm. on cutting ties with the
0: monarchy. So now we have uh, King Charles the Third, and 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 I'm curious, uh, Nick, if you think he's going to swing the pendulum in either direction on on this debate.
1: Well, I think it's. Uh, I'd like to say it's weird just to say King Charles the Third because I don't know Queen Elizabeth the Second is all we know and all yeah. we have known at least uh, in our in our lifetimes, uh, and you know, and so. Will it swing the pendulum? I think in the short term there'll probably a bit be a bit of a honeymoon, sympathy uh, rising out of the passing away of uh, of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, and you know, obviously, nothing has gone wrong; everything has gone right. It was, it was quite a, it was quite a moment. I think we have to say it was quite a moment in history, especially for any country that's a member of the Commonwealth, to uh, to witness the passing away of Queen Elizabeth II, who had served such a long time. Um, but it's like you know, not to not to diminish the monarchy, but it's kind of like politics. You know, politicians do well until they don't do well, and uh, you know we'll see whether there are any uh, bumps in uh, the new, um, you know, the the new our new monarch, Charles III, because mm-hmm. um, you know the the reality is is that uh, views on the monarchy are susceptible to fluctuations, just like views on every other civilized every other, I should say, institution that we have.
0: And, and I suppose saying that, you know, you you are indifferent or even oppose the monarchy is one thing. But but actually, you know, uh, potentially abolishing the, the monarchy and changing our constitution. I mean, that's quite another. I, I think you also did some tracking, Nick, on on when Canadians would feel it, it would be the right time to to even think about cutting ties. Yeah,
1: well, you know, one of the things is we tested on withdrawal from the Commonwealth, which are all the countries that are part of the former uh, British Empire. And actually, what we we do know from this piece of research is that Canadians are twice as likely uh, to oppose or somewhat oppose pulling out of the Commonwealth. Uh, So, you know, a division on uh, our connection or cutting ties to the British monarchy, but a pretty strong majority, about sixty-one percent, would oppose or somewhat oppose uh, withdrawing Canada withdrawing from the Commonwealth. But you know, the other thing in all of this, you know, we could ask these polling questions, but to do either one of these things is massive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know reopening the constitution and all that stuff. So think of it this way: I'm not sure, setting aside public opinion, whether. If, if any government wanted to embark on any one of those things, that anyone would really believe that it's the right time to do so. Because think of it this way. People are ha- struggling to pay the rent. You know, the healthcare system is perceived to be in crisis. The environment, uh, people are worried about the environment. They're worried about having a recession. And I think the last thing Canadians would want, at least at this point in time, is to spend any bandwidth in our democracy on changing the rules Shuffling the chairs and, uh, you know, changing the, the monarchy, because, you know, the reality is, is unless there's something seriously wrong, there are other more important issues like paying the bills, economic prosperity, our healthcare, and the environment that Canadians will probably more likely want to see all politicians focus on.
0: Well, Nick, let's leave it there. As always, thanks for your insights. Take it easy.